This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, you are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom and I'll be here each and every Friday for the Blue Monday preview show with a special guest to get their inside view on the next opponents for Ipswich Town. Um, Louis, before we start, quick bit of housekeeping. So, there's no normal podcast today. Um, there was no preview show as well, so this is a bonus preview show. If you want, okay. your, if you want your fix of Dave, um, he's going to be here on Wednesday with Statman. So, um, filling Dave's big shoes and some would say big mouth, representing Sheffield Wednesday. He is a podcaster, blogger, frequently published writer. Please welcome Louis Shackshaft. Louis, how you doing? Hello. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm all right. Can you see any snow from your current vantage point? You know what? I'm based in Doncaster and currently it's pretty much melted, but the consequences of that is fog. I can't see the house opposite me. So there is snow, but you just can't see it through the fog. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I went and did some gigs in Germany about three years ago, and I promised there was two feet of snow and nothing, nothing, nothing changed. Nothing. Just everyone, yeah. get on, away you go. But there we go. Crack on, yeah. Um, let's play first, so I don't piss off all the Sheffield Wednesday fans. Let's play Sheffield Wednesday correct, correct pronunciation. Um, right, Carvel Hall, yes. Yep. Pelopessi. <laughs> I'm still struggling with that one myself, but yeah, let's go with Pelopessi. And you're going to give me the man. Um, Lahukai? Yeah, it's, it's a silent H, essentially. So, yeah, Yos Luhukai. That's how I say it, anyway. I could be wrong, but that's how I say it. One more time, sorry. Yos Luhukai. Luhukai. Um, Nuiu. Yeah, that's it. Bang on. He's definitely just... getting a mention when we talk about the first game, then. Oh. Yeah, Big me. Dave, we call him, but yeah, yeah, knew you. Big Dave works for me. Um, right, so we didn't chat earlier in the season because it was Wednesday night. I was going to call you up. We normally do it on Fridays. Um, so if you don't mind, if it's not too painful, um, we're going to go back to last April first. Of so, course, yeah, of course. So Wednesday finished the season, last season, with a brilliant streak. Uh, six wins in the last seven. Fourth place, 81 points, I think. End up in the playoffs with Huddersfield. Um Obviously, we know what, what happened, and um, you're talking to a particularly playoff-pained club here anyway. So, um, yeah. both games are drawn. Um, Huddersfield win on penalties. Talk to me about the playoffs and how it went down and why you think you weren't good enough. Well, I can go back a season before, and that season, it was a bit unexpected. Essentially, we... Um, overachieved that season so it was fantastic for our club but obviously you know the result there we got beat by Hull City and lost 1-0 in the playoff final coming into the season after which was last season um, we were the reason being from my perspective that Sheffield Wednesday failed and went out to Huddersfield was to this but Carvajal didn't have a plan B he tended to set up for games, instead of going for the win, it, it set up trying not to lose, and I think that's where we failed. 
basically. Um, as you know, in the playoff semi-final, we drew nil-nil at Uddersfield. Came away thinking, you know what? We've conceded no goals. They've not scored a goal. Essentially, it, it was a one-off the t- game then at that point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it was just a one-off game, and essentially, we, we, we should have we should have won that tie. Um, the biggest problem, and if you speak to many Sheffield Wednesday fans, the home leg when we were one 0 up and Fletcher put us ahead in the second half. We, we sat back. We, we allowed Huddersfield to come at us when possibly we, we should have gone for that second goal. Um, we should have kept going forward. He took Fletcher off, which was everyone thought it was crazy at the time because obviously he's a front man. He can hold up the ball. We can play off him. Um, and, you know, 20 minutes later, Huddersfield got the goal and, and, and rightly so. I'm not taking anything away from them. Huddersfield deserved to win over the two legs. Um, and... Obviously, we know what happened there. They, they got they got to the promised land. They got to the Premier League, and it, you know it's frustrating because I think we are on on paper we are a better team, and we should have done better. But you can't take any anything away from them. Yeah, we we didn't have a plan B, and they quite rightly deserve to go up. Probably so, more of that no plan B stuff coming later in this conversation, isn't there? Yes. Um, yes. So the new season starts, the deal for Rhodes gets concluded and mm-hmm. Van Aken, Pelopesi and Boyd join as well. No really big um, sales out, although there was this sense that you were kind of moving on from Forestieri and that kind yeah. of that kind Yeah, of it, was, it was talked about. Only really Winnell looks like a big loss. Winnell destroyed us for Derby at Portman Red. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're looking at it from the outside and it's okay, playoff final one year, fourth the next year we I, I guess the idea is top two before the first game kicks off yes exactly yeah I mean at the beginning of the season I wasn't by all means saying Sheffield Wednesday were favourites to go up this this season um, but like you've talked about we've not sold any players we've kept all the players that have performed the last couple of years uh, that you know we've we've got loads of goal scorers like you've just mentioned already. We've we've got Forestieri, Fletcher, Hooper, Zhao. We've got Winnell as we know he's out on loan and there's probably issues there. And whether he plays for us again, I don't know. But like you say, before the season begins, I put Sheffield Wednesday again. Prediction: definitely top six, possibly third or fourth again. A repeat of last season and. For whatever reason, you know, we could t- I could talk about this all day, and many Wednesday fans could, but for whatever reason, it's just simply not happened. And you know, I suppose we've had two decent seasons, and we became stale. And this season, there's there's a lot of questions to be answered, um, and it's yeah, we're we're on a bit of a downward spiral at the minute, so it's very very frustrating, Ouch. very frustrating. Um, yeah. The first game between Ipswich and Wednesday doesn't happen till late November, so there's quite yeah. quite a bit of water under the bridge to them. So 17 league games before that, Wednesday only win six. And I was just looking through the results, Louis. It's weird. So mm-hmm. 1-0 away at Fulham win, 1-1 yeah. draw away at Cardiff, 3-0 yeah. over Leeds, and 2-1 win away at Villa. Alongside, draw at home... Sorry, drawing with Barnsley, Burton, Sunderland, QPR and losing to Bolton, Birmingham and the big one, um, the Sheffield United game at home. Four goals yep. against in that. Can you explain... <laughs> you probably can't. Can you explain the first third of the <laughs> season? How, how how can you win away at um, Fulham and Villa and all those yeah. other results? And can you talk, talk a bit about the highs and the lows in that first third? Yeah. I mean, the only way I can put it, Ben, is that first third of the season you've just talked about, we were just consistently inconsistent. And that is the only way I can put it. We have got players on the day who can beat anybody in this league. But as you know, and many fans know, without that solidarity of a team, what has been missing this season, we also can get beat by anybody as well. And there's only two games really that stand out this season for me where I can say, hold my hands up and say, Wednesday deserved to win that game. And we, we beat Leeds 3-0 at home. I think that was in the beginning third of the season. Leeds were, um, Leeds were good then as well, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, the, but both Wednesday and Leeds, you'd expect to be in the top six this season. And when we got that victory, you know, it, it, it kind of gave us, you'd have expected a bit of momentum. 
but like you've talked about, the other two games where we'd probably expect to lose, we won. We beat Villa 2-1 on uh, at Villa, at Villa Park, and um, deservedly so as well. That's some of our most inconsistent players played, played well that day. And also um, beating Fulham. We beat Fulham away from home, who, as you know, and Fulham are absolutely flying now. So if, if we were to play Fulham in, in March this month, I'm, I'd expect them to beat us 3 or 4 nil because they're flying and we, we probably played them at the right time. Uh, but they are the only handful of the games this season where I can actually say, you know what, we deserve to win those games, but we've been so inconsistent otherwise, it's been unbelievable. Um, and since, like you mentioned, we, we played Ipswich and we drew 2-2, and I know we're going to come on to that, but that was probably the beginning of the end for Carvajal and the downward spiral that we are on now. Just quickly, um, you spoke about the inconsistent players and I just wanted to say to beat Villa and Fulham away they're now duking it out for second place with they are, yeah. somewhere yeah. off miles ahead who, who are these inconsistent players You're, you you said the inconsistent players played <laughs> played well is this Wallace um Wallace has been inconsistent one what stands out uh, we've got from Derby Jacob Butterfield that's probably the best game he had um, in that game um, he's been very inconsistent this season and it's difficult because I can only name a handful of players who have been consistent this season and, and a few of them are out injured and we've not had them for a few months. So Bannon's usually been consistent this Bannon's season. Bannon's been but, very good every time you've played yeah, us. Yeah, uh, but he's been out for a few months now. So that's frustrating. Um, the other consistent player, Adam Reach, he's played more games than any other player this season and, and he can hold his head up high, I believe, this season. Um if I'm honest, other than Hooper, he's been injured for a long time, but he's the only player who looks, who's a goal scorer who looks like scoring goals. Uh, everyone else has been inconsistent. Um, you know, I, I can I can take away the players who've been injured for a long time that I can't even really mention, like your Forestier. Is, you know, I've got no opinion on them because they've not played enough games. But everybody else, if I'm honest, not good enough this season. Um, and again, that's one of the reasons why we're in this position where we are now is this downward spiral. Yes, we have got 11, 12 first team players out at the minute. However, you've still got to pick up points and we're not doing. Wow. So, um, yeah. so we get to the first game, November the 22nd. I would say this is the most heartbreaking game of the season for Ipswich, but I don't know if you're aware what happened at Norwich where we took the lead on 89 and conceded a goal on yes, 95. I, it certainly rings a bell that Ben, yes. So I that has remember. superseded um, this one as the most irritating game of the season. So my memory of this, this was on Sky as well, wasn't it? Um, my it was. memory of this, Louis, is um, Leuven's nearly kills McGoldrick and um, <laughs> stops him having children ever again after about <laughs> five minutes. Um <laughs> Nil-nil at half-time. Garner gives Ipswich the lead in the second half. Ridiculous. Yep. Spence just, you know, instinct and sticks his hand up in the box when Fletcher's not yep. going to win it. Um, yeah. Hooper bangs the penalty in. And then we get going again and Waghorn gives Ipswich the lead. And then I th- I th- we won the game and all Carvajal's got left is the 6-foot, 15-inch forward coming off the bench. Yeah, that's right. We hold the ball in the corner, give it away twice, and I think it was Reach who you mentioned puts in a brilliant cross. And it was. Nuiu heads in on that. Oh, absolutely, just one of those where you like you're so happy that you you've won it and then just getting it. Yeah. In. What, what was your what was your take on that game? You know what? It was a strange game. Firstly, you mentioned there, Ben. It was on Sky, and every time we've been on Sky this season, we've not performed. And it was another game where, if I'm honest. If any team deserved to win it, it was Ipswich Town. You created all the chances. If I think we only, I know we managed to score two goals, but I think other than the goals we scored, we only had one shot on target other than that in that game. And you, like I said, you created all the chances through Wagon and whatever. You had a decent, a few decent opportunities. And I just remember watching it and the goals that you scored take nothing away from Ipswich Town. You took advantage of those positions, but a few of the goals were our own mistakes. I remember Garner's first goal, and it was just 
abysmal defending by Tom Lees. He didn't. It was from a corner or a cross, wasn't it? And um, he just didn't mark his man. He was left free, and that's when you went one 0 up. Obviously, the penalty we got a bit lucky there. Like you say, he, he stuck his hand up. Yes, it's hit his arm, and I, I believe Fletcher was just about to pounce on that, and we managed to score that goal through Hooper, which brought us back into the game. Whether that were deserved, probably not. However, with 30 minutes left, you know, and then you managed to take advantage of our misfortune again because it's, we were simply couldn't defend again. Um, you went forward, you had a few opportunities. I think at one point, was it was it Sears who actually went round our keeper? Oh, God, I'd forgotten about it. Sears yeah. got actually pelters after that game, yeah. But then you, I think, you're right, yeah. And he went round our keeper. We managed to obviously clear the ball, but I think, was it maybe even literally 30 seconds later, that's when you went on to score Waghorn's goal, I believe. And not only... Did Wagon score? It, that header was unbelievable. Like Great the, goal, the, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a cracking header. And strangely enough, little stat for you. You know I like my stats, but that was the first headed goal we'd conceded all season. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Seven, I mean, seventeen games in. Yes, it was the first, your centre yeah. backs then. Hey? Yeah, I know, but yeah. not more, not so now. Uh, we've conceded plenty since then. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was the first goal we conceded from. Uh, you know, you've scored a header and, and that was the first one we conceded all season. And then <laughs> the highlight for me was it became a bit of a laughable game for Sheffield Wednesday fans because obviously you discussed there, Ben, knew you came on off the bench and was it the like, 93rd 94, minute? Maybe, literally, maybe fourth. Yeah, literally. Louis, they kick. kicked off um, yeah. and then the ref blew the whistle. It was the last kick. Yeah, and knew you at that point I'd not scored, I could be wrong, but it was about 46 games I since he previously, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, previously scored. I mean, he'd, a lot of those games are from the bench. You know, he play, he, he comes on and finishes games with 15, 20 minutes to go. And he's played more recently and he's scored a handful of goals. But at the time, it became a bit of a joke for Wednesday fans because New you came on and it was a bit, I mean, one guy on Twitter actually said, if if Nuiu comes on and scores the equalising goal or or the winner, I'll I'll get his name tattooed on you know on <laughs> on his backside. And it was one of them games where he finally came on and did it. So that is was more of the highlight for me. And you know, Wednesdayites was the fact that it was actually Nuiu who got the equaliser, and it became a bit of a joke on social media. So they're the the main things for me. What sticks out, to be honest. Uh, but ultimately, I think. Like I said, if anyone deserved to win, we we definitely stole a point off you that day. Um, you should you should have you should have took advantage more so of and beat us. Unfortunately, that's what a middle of the table team does. They don't see they <laughs> well, don't, that's why yeah. they're in the middle and not at the top. I, I yeah. mean, I always I I appreciate your um your um your kind of praise of us. I always think it's a competition and mm-hmm. it was to all and it doesn't matter yeah. whether it's the seventy fourth minute or the ninety fourth minute and we just yeah. And obviously we've done it again since, but very frustrating because um, that was, oh, you, know, you, you look at things and if you, you know, that would have been, I think we then went on a little run after that it was like three wins in four as well. And mm-hmm. we could have actually been in, in really nice, nice form then. Um, so you said about the Ipswich game beginning, uh, being the beginning of the end for Carver, Hal. So you're, mm-hmm. you're. 100% right about that. So that was the second in a run of four straight draws, which was then followed by, three straight defeats it was seven without a win um the last of which was a 2-1 home defeat to Middlesbrough um Carvajal gets fired I was actually at your game which probably would have been the week before against Wolves you lost 1-0 at home to that's right yeah that was on TV as well yeah I was at that game on the on the Friday were you in agreement with the decision at the time Uh, can can you sum up his reign? And all the only comment I would make from the outside is, I watch Millwall play and I see a team of not very good players, and I watched yeah. Sheffield Wednesday under Carvajal and I saw a load of very good players, but not necessarily. Not there's a team. A team. No, you've you've summed it up right there. I mean, if I'm honest, I got to a point where some fans were calling for Carvajal's head at the beginning of the season before the ball was kicked because they looked at it as he was a failure because obviously we didn't get to the Premier League in the last two seasons. Although I must admit he did do well getting to the playoffs, especially the first season. Cause like I said, it was unexpected. Um, if I'm honest, as 
you know, we talk on the championship pod now and again. And I kept saying as I, as I was talking on, on that podcast that each month by month, I, I always said if we get to Christmas and we are not in the top six, he had to go. And I'm not taking anything away from Carvajal because I like the guy and, you know, I'm not going to say I wish him well because I don't care anymore whether he's <laughs> successful or not. I, you know, he's, he's, he's dead he, to me. Yeah, a little bit. You know, I, I I know he's managed to get an appointment in the Premier League and so far so good for him, but I couldn't care less, if I'm honest. Um, yes, I thought it was time for him to go. And that's not taking away that I didn't think Carvajal was a good manager. I, I think he is, and he's potentially got the credibility to stay in the Premier League and be a good manager. But he'd, give, he'd been given... You know, it'd been given two and a half years in uh, at Wednesday, and it, we we, <laughs> we set a target to go up into the Premier League this season. It's our 150th year anniversary, and we were just miles off the pace. And like I talked about the Ipswich game at the time, like you said, November. Even though we'd had a slow start, very average start there was still hope. You know, in this league, as as much as anybody, you go on a good run of winning four, five, six games in a row and you're right up there straight away. You know, you're in fourth, fifth spot. So we still had potential to do so. But then another month passed and it got to Christmas, like we say. And yeah, I I thought it was time time for him to go. And, and, and the reason being, like I've said already, for me, Carvajal never had a plan B. And it's like we discussed in the playoff semi-final against Huddersfield. It was his own downfall. You know, we were one nil up. We were in the playoff final again. Whether we'd have beat whoever Reading, who knows? But it was there for the taking again. And it was his own misfortune. There's only him to blame. Yes, it was time for him to go. And I'm not going to sit here and say otherwise again, because at the time, that's what I believed. Like I say, we weren't in the top six, it, far from it even. So, yes, his, um, his time was up. And my view from the outside is it looked like, a, a, given the amount of money spent, it looked like a reasonable decision. But you would say from the point where he started to the point where he left, Wednesday were in in a better condition as a club, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, they, they were in a better condition. Um, however, you could also put that down to the amount of money that's been spent. That's true. It's It's difficult to comprehend because... If you go back to the season before Carvajal came, Stuart Gray, we f- we finished just I think we finished 13th that season, and he, you know he, he'd only spent just over two million pounds in in his era, whereas Carvajal's come in and he's spent over 30 million pounds, and and not only has he spent the money, he's got some on paper again. I know we have to keep saying on paper, but on paper we've got probably one of the best strike forces in the league. We've got players such as Bannon and now Reach and Hutchinson and Leuvens and Lees and Westwood in goal. And again, on paper, we should be right up there. And like you said earlier, we'd not. it's not like we'd sold any of our best players. I know we Forestieri were linked to leave and maybe a couple of others, but Westwood was also. But we, um, yeah, we should have been right up there and... We're far from it, like I say, and yeah. Um, 5th of January, Wednesday appoint 54-year-old Dutchman Josh Lukai as yeah. manager. <laughs> Who on earth is this man? I'm I'm quite well up on my football. I'd never heard of him. Um, and were you happy with the appointment? Were there any other names? Um, I always around? said any uh, grey-haired, experienced uh, Yorkshireman battering around. <laughs> 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 he gets he gets linked with everybody, doesn't he, old Mick? Um, especially like you say, a, a Yorkshireman and coming to Sheffield. But you know, if if I'm honest, Lukai was another name I'd never heard of. And when he was being interviewed, you know, everyone was everybody was asking the question, "Who is this guy?" We everyone was turning to journalists who worked in in Germany and, and asking the question and. Could I say I'm happy with the appointment? At the time, I don't know because I still, you know, I probably still don't even know enough about the guy. Like he's 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 had that. One of the main reasons they appointed Luke Kai was um, 
he's had three promotions from do they, do they call it like bundles Bundesliga two? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, he's After had three James promotions. Lucas, yeah. yeah, that's what he told me. Uh, <laughs> but um, three promotions in I think it was eight seasons, uh, three different clubs as well, and so that's where his credentials are. That he can get teams from the the second league up into the so-called Premier League and the Dutch Neil uh, Warnock. Exactly, yeah. Um, (laughs) Exactly. But as a manager, you know, it's still a bit of a trial and error period for the guy because, like I say, we've still got 11, 12 players out injured. Everything now, providing touch wood, we stay in this league, everything's riding on next season. That's when I'm going to judge the guy. I think it's still too soon. Uh, Like I say, am I happy with the appointment? I still can't say I don't know. Um, I always said that we'd probably get someone that was unhe- unheard of. Link, they, they were they were linked with. Oof, I can't even think now. Um, Sven Goran Eriksson was a name <laughs> that came up. Yeah, he, he were named. Uh, I think Steve McLaren was also. Um, it, it was the guy from Shakhtar. Is I forgot his name now. Fonseca, uh, Fonseca was linked, which was. It's because of the links with uh, we had Joe Palmer as our COO at the club, and there was links there, so he was his name was branded about. But I always said we'd go for a name that was probably unheard of, like Carvajal was when he was similar with loads of yeah. games managed in Europe somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we turned to Europe, and obviously we've we've got Lukai. So, like I say, I think it's still too early to judge him. He needs a couple of transfer windows to bring those players in who he knows and who he trusts and get, obviously it's, you know, some players at Wednesday now are fighting for their lives to earn new contracts. Um, and he'll get rid of those players who don't deserve them, I guess, um, or sell them on. So it's going to be very interesting times, but first and foremost, yeah, we've got to stay in this league. So, um, so Lukai doesn't win any of his first five league games. He draws four, Loses mm-hmm. one before you finally beat Derby doing their New Year Derby thing on uh, February 17th. Uh, sorry, here was wrong. Um, on February 17th, Wednesday, strangely, play Swansea in the FA Cup where former manager yes. Carlos Carvajal has now managed to get a Premier League job. Um, you uh, you kind of covered this before, but there was a two-part question. Um, how was Lukai's start with, with all those draws? Did he try and tighten everything up? And how did Carvajal go in from being not good enough in the championship to to the Premier League? I'll try and explain it the best I can. I'll start with Lukai's appointment. So the first game, it couldn't got any, shall I call it better or worse for him? Oh, because plays, we had the, wasn't it? Yeah, we had the Steel City derby away from home as well. So, you know, big test for him straight away, you know. He's <laughs> throwing him to a, a massive game, what means everything to both sets of fans. And... Um, you know, he only had about five or six days to prepare. And strangely enough, the thing what he did was change our formation. And this is one thing what we're crying out for Carvajal to do for a few years was Carvajal typically played 4-4-2. Um, he wouldn't sway away from that formation. It's as though, you know, it, it was it just stuck to that, what, what you know, win, lose or draw. He would stick to 4-4-2. Luwakar comes in straight away and... Sets up in a 5-3-2 formation, essentially 3-5-2 formation, depending on your wing-backs, etc. Um, and that was the first pleasing thing that I saw Liu Kai do, was we've been crying out for this formation for a long time, and he set up, and like you said, we draw four of our first five games, and under the circumstances, with the amount of players that we've had out injured, like I say, 11, 12 first-team players, everyone were quite chuffed with that result, that even though, yes, we weren't scoring goals and getting points, however, we weren't conceding goals either. We were drawing, there were quite a few nil-nils, one-ones, and at the time, like you say, he's he come in, um, he's obviously had training sessions with the players, and first and foremost, in a game of football, is if you can not concede, then you've always got the chance of winning. Um, but yeah, we were coming away with nil-nil draws. And essentially, 
the first month it was in charge, I think most Wednesday fans, you must say, were quite happy. He brought in quite a few youth players as well, where Carvajal had just not done so in the last two years. He's he's played more youth players um, this last six weeks than Carvajal ever did. And it's nice to see because a couple of those players have managed to earn contracts as well. And without us dipping into the transfer market in January, he's essentially expanded our squad by bringing in these youth players who... A couple of them look very trustworthy to play week in, week out. Um, regarding Carvajal and his job at Swansea, ah. um, it might seem strange from a neutral fan or someone f- you know, with, with a perspective outside of Sheffield Wednesday. However, Carvajal was linked with Swansea for a good 12 months before he got that job role. Um, so it did make a lot of sense to me because the season whereby we got knocked out of the playoffs by Huddersfield. He said, I want to stay at Wednesday and finish the job. That's obviously not happened. He left the club at Christmas. And I believe that Swansea, Swansea, it was Clement they sacked, right? It was Paul Clement. They sacked Paul Clement at the right time for Carvajal because they were both under scrutiny exactly the same time. So when Clement was sacked, obviously... With the links that we talked about previously, he obviously knows someone at Swansea. He, he could just walk straight in through the door, basically. It was, I think, in some way, in a roundabout way, it was always going to happen and it, it would have ended up at Swansea. Um, and not only that, a lot of people say, like you've just said, how can he fail at Sheffield Wednesday and then walk into a Premier League job? He was only given a six-month contract, so that explains something whereby... His job simply this season is stay up and, you know, if you do so, you probably get another three-year deal. But he's still on a a six-month contract and only three of those months remain. And, you know, so far, so good for the guy. Um, He has picked them up and they're not in the relegation zone at the minute. But, you know... um, I think the links there with Swansea for the last 12 months, it it, it came at the right time for everybody, basically. Um, Another four straight defeats, though, follow after all these draws. Um, So going into Tuesday's game, Wednesday I've only got one win in nine. And on Saturday, a 4-0 defeat at Bristol City. Um, Seven points above the relegation zone with 11 to play. So that looks pretty safe. Um, Three of the next four games at home. There's there's no chance they're going to get... No, you, there, you, you, no, you you wouldn't think so. However, this last four weeks, I'm starting to really game by game because we keep losing and um, having that added extra worry of of whether we can get involved in a relegation fight. We're just lucky that all the teams who are down there, like your Sunderlands and your Burtons, that. They're not winning either. So we're staying typically six or seven points every week away from the relegation zone, even if we've lost. So we're quite lucky in that regard. However, as we've talked about, you know, a couple of wins and it can move you two, three space, uh, places up in the league table. And, and we're just lucky that's not happened. You, like I say, you wouldn't expect Wednesday to be relegated this season, by all means. It's just based on performances and like you've just said we've lost to Bristol City 4-0 you know based on defeats like that you you do, you, you, be, you do become worried naturally i mean I, I after yesterday when we when we did lose, lose to Bristol City i had my concerns that yes we we've we've you know uh, 10 games remaining or whatever it is there's there's every chance that we could be pulled into the fight i'm not saying we will go down but and the last game of the season, if you know there's three points in it and we could potentially go down on goal difference, could it happen? Probably not. But we just need to start getting points on board. We, you know, we need, even if it means us just winning one game per month just to get us by, because one draws are no good to anybody, as you know. You know, you draw a game and you just not get in a forty-six it. game league. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and you know, we've we've I think we've only we're not we're only averaging just over one point a game, and it's it's just simply not good enough. So no, I don't think we will go down, but 
with each game, I, I come, I become more concerned. Um, let's look at the game on Tuesday. Um, I'm going to read your lineup from yesterday. Can you tell me yeah. how similar you think it's going to be, and can you identify three key players for us mm-hmm. to look out for on Tuesday? So yeah. yesterday it was Wild Smith, uh, Fox, Pudel, Venancio, uh, yeah. Palmer, uh, Claire, Pelopesi, Reach, Stobbs. Nuihu and Zhao. So that looks like a four, a back four. Um, how how similar do you think it's going to be and key players for us to look out for? Um, if I'm honest, in regarding how he'll set up, he typically does stick to a 5-3-2. However, he has, like I said, because he's, we're still in a, a period where he's, he's trialling a lot of new formations, new players... I can't honestly say who we will play again, you know, on Tuesday night. Like, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if nine of those players do play. Um, typically, I'd expect them all to play. Maybe he'd probably, he could drop New Year for Rhodes or, you know, do a few switch rounds. Uh, but the players that would stand out for me there, we've already mentioned him, but Adam Reach, he's been the most consistent, probably, player this season. Um handful of assists can always score a screamer of a goal as well so he's he's one to look out for the other player who's come good recently and because he's been given his chance um i'd say lucas Zhao is is performing at a decent level to say that we're struggling he's managed to get well he's our second top scorer uh, second top scorer now in the league behind hooper hooper's been is on 10 Zhao's on six so although it's only a handful of goals those goals have mainly come since Lukai's arrival. Um, so he's a player up front who's game by game. He's, he's still only young, but he's got something about him. He could potentially go a long way. Whether that happens, I don't know. But he's looked decent this last month or so. Um, and the other player, um, it's difficult to pick another player out of a bad bunch, Ben. Um, I'll go for, actually, I'll go for the youth player, Sean Clare. Um only a young lad. He played. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. An, an outstanding game against Villa, although we got beat. He scored the first goal. A fantastic strike. And he's typically a player... Because he's young, he's got no fear, it seems. He likes to get the ball in midfield and just take it forward. And that's what I like in a player. I like a player to be positive. I like them to attack defenders, even if you make a mistake. Even if you lose the ball, he gets it in central park and he'll run forward with it 20 yards. And I like that. It might not always work, but it's creative. And, you know, at his age, that's just all I want to see from him. I want him to see him going forward and potentially create goal-scoring opportunities. So... He's one to look out for, yeah. Um, just um, check him out. Check him out on Tuesday. Where is Bannon? 
Where is Hooper? <laughs> um, and what's happened to Rhodes? Because obviously we got the thing with yeah. Rhodes where we sold him for a, Roy Keane sold him for a quarter of a million, and he's literally scored 200 goals since then, yeah. and terrorised us for Huddersfield and for Black. Everyone he's played for, he scored against. Um, so. Sorry, it's a long-winded question. Where's Hooper? Where's Bannon? And what's happened to Rhodes? You know what? They're all probably just at home in bed like we've been this morning. Um, but the Hooper's always had injury problems. And you know what? If Hooper had stayed fully fit last season, I believe we could have potentially pushed top second spot. Um, Hooper's... Due to it, you know, a lot of the a lot of these players are all due to return in March and middle of March, end of March, and it's got to March now. So I'm expecting them all to slowly return, as well as Bannon. Bannon's already put on Twitter yesterday that he's back in training next week, so he should potentially be in our squad in by the end of the month. And um, who was the last player? Rhodes. Just, just oh Rhodes. yeah, of course. Rhodes, Rhodes yeah. is fit. I mean, we it's. It's a strange one with Rhodes because every foot, every championship football fan can talk about Rhodes because they know what he's done, what he's capable of, but what he's not doing now. And if I'm honest, I don't really know what to put it down to. When we had Carver Hall, everyone was saying, "Well, he's we're not playing to his strengths. We know what he's got the ability. We know what you know. He's, he's essentially is a goal scorer. He's one of those players that he can go missing for 89 minutes and then he bag and a goal. You know, we game, want, yeah. yeah, we want, you know, one, give him one chance. It can find the back of the net and that's the type of player Hooper's like and, and that's why I love the guy, you know. Um, but with Rhodes, I don't know whether it's come down to more than that now. It seems as though it could be, uh, it's obviously a confidence issue. Um, you know, you can talk about sports psychology all day, whether you know it's, it's something linked with that, or whether again it's just a combination of everything. We're not playing to his strengths. Um, maybe you know we're not giving him the ball enough. I think we. One thing I've noticed with Wednesday, especially under Lukai, we like I've, I've already said, we put a lot of emphasis on defence, and we don't create enough chances. I mean, <laughs> there's not many games go by now where we have more than two shots on goal or uh, not shots on goal shots on target sorry um and with Rhodes that's is just not getting the opportunities I think we need to be getting the ball into the box a lot quicker it's a shame this season that Wallace who's obviously a winger he's not been at his full potential because this last two seasons is you know he's combined he's got eight goals eight assists um and this season, he, he you know, he, he seems a bit lacklustre on the right. And that's frustrating because, there's, like I said already, there's only really Adam Adam Reach who can hold his head up high, who, who's essentially there to provide Rhodes with goals. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick up for Rhodes a little and say it's also the players around him that aren't playing at the best and giving him these opportunities. However, Rhodes, when he's given, even if it's half an opportunity, you know, you know, half a chance. He needs to start finding the net and quick, um, because you know we've we've paid a lot of money for the guy, and it's it's just so frustrating because we we know we've got it in him. I think he's is the stat out there that is the championship's leading scorer of all time. Like it you must, said, he's it must be. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, I can remember him having at least three twenty goal. Seasons. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Because the thing is, normally strikers that do that then move on to. Uh, yeah. higher club and don't play in the yeah in, yeah and when he was at Premier Middlesbrough he, he seemed to be in a similar state at Middlesbrough even when we bought him he wasn't he wasn't scoring goals so yeah it's a strange one with Rhodes I really I, I haven't I, I haven't got the answer I wish I did um but I'm just as puzzled as every other fan out there that it's it's not working for him and I, I want to stick by the guy I want him to keep playing and you know the only way he's going to improve is by giving him game time you know and, and and these opportunities i'm just hoping when eventually we do get our creative players back like your bannons um that we can you know when when luca knows his is his best 11 or best 13 14 players that Rhodes is going to be one of them and he he, give, he just gets more opportunities and he's that's done by the players around him Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see very good very good um, so how do you see it playing out on, 
on Tuesday then? Um, <laughs> it's a difficult one because I think at the minute any team we play, Sheffield Wednesday are there for the taking. Um, the only advantage that we've got is we're at home. Um, I think if we were playing you away this time round, you'd beat us. Uh, because we're at home, you know, I expect Wednesday. We, we've got to start just going for the win. I, I don't. I, I don't even. It's it's all about the performance as well now because the performances this last three weeks we've we've been so poor. There's no. There's no desire. There's no commitment. There's nobody willing to take any risks. There's nobody, you know, like I said, running 30, 40 yards with a ball at the pace. We need somebody. Well, we need them all to do that. We need them all to essentially just give themselves a kick up the backside and um, and find find that fire in the belly. So I honestly think that like I say we're, we're there for the taking and I, I think Ipswich should come you know with the heads held eye they're above us in the league uh, by a good how many points is it Ben are you are you about 12-15 points above us I've got no idea the only thing I pay attention to is Norwich so we won above Norwich <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's, what it's, that's what it's come to now this season yeah. that, that is the only objective only objective left um, but going, going back to what you were saying Louis that I mean, you give me some confidence when you say they're there for the taking. And there is yeah. the obvious issue that Ipswich have had. It's going to be 10 days as opposed to Wednesday. Yes. Probably had a crappy journey to Bristol on Friday and mm-hmm. um, have played a game. And Bristol City do give you the runaround, don't they? They're very, very... Well, they did, yeah, yeah, they did at the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> Very <it's>... quick team. <laughs> the only issue is that McCarthy so many times says, oh, doesn't matter what the context is, point away from point away from home is good you know so um, he's not he's not gonna, I, not gonna go for it I wouldn't have thought I thought he'd sit back in the first half yeah I mean I can see why that frustrates you because I think like I say we are there for the taking at the minute we've we've won one game in 10 uh the only game that we did win was was at home against Derby County which again came as a surprise because I think we all expected to lose that but Derby have they've got you know their forms slumped a little um yeah, it's it's difficult that McCarthy says such as that because I think you should come, even if you don't come away with three points, you should come and definitely give it a go because, like I say, we're there for the taking. We our defence recently we've conceded, we've conceded ten goals in three games. So why can't you add to that tally? You know, even if it's one or two goals, there's there's we're, we're so poor at the back at the minute. So I I would expect you to score. Like I say, the only advantage. As a Wednesday fan, is that we are at home. Whether the crowd will get on their back again because of recent performances, I don't know. But if I was to predict a result, you know, sitting on the fence a little, I'd probably say 1 1. Um, but at the same time, we need to pick up points. We need to, like I said earlier, I don't think we will go down, but we need, you know, it's been that long since we've, we've took points that. It, we just need to start picking up any type of point, whether it's one or three. And 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 I know Ipswich, you know, you can pretty much your mid-table. You can pretty much rule yourself out of playoffs. You're not going down either. It's probably from your perspective. You'll probably you'll tell me, but it's is it not a nothing game for you? But you come into Hillsborough, why think, not go for it? You know. Yeah, I think the postponement of the whole game makes quite a big difference because we were talking he's what he's done a lot of the time when it's gone Saturday Tuesday Saturday and the away game's been the midweek game you would have seen I think he would have gone for it against Hull with all his Mm -hmm. top players and then you would have seen quite maybe four or five changes for the Tuesday game which would have put you I would have thought stronger favourites I think now We've got Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and this is the first one and the biggest break because obviously you've got the yeah. got the four days. So I think you'll actually see a stronger team than you would have if the postponement hadn't have happened. But never say never with Mick. He never he never ceases to <laughs> surprise me. So um, right, are you have you still got some time to do some questions, Louis? Yeah, that's yeah. fine, no problem. Um, right, this is Jack Slader at McLean. Jack. Um, Two chances at the playoffs, a lot of money spent. Do you think you are now on a downward spiral? Uh, spiral, excuse me, and could end up in League One? 
We're on a downward spiral. I agree with that. Yes, uh, like I say, we've not won. We've only won one in ten. Um, League One. I'm 99% certain we won't go down. However, I've, you know, there's that little, like I said earlier, there's there's that little bit in me what's as game by game. If if you know if if it gets to Tuesday and Ipswich come and take the points again, that adds to my worry. You know, um, it's it's just difficult because not only are we not getting results, the performances aren't there either. Um, and, you know, at least if the performances were there, you'd expect to start picking up points soon, whether it's in, you know, in a couple of games time. And, and no, I don't think we will go down to League One. However, if we finished, you know, 20th this season, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and like I said, everything's going to just ride on next season now. And if, if you speak to any Wednesday fan, we just, we want this season to be over. We had a bit, we had a bit of a lifeline with, the cup against Swansea, you know, it's it's nothing not, nothing major to shout about. But we got to the fifth round, we got Swansea at home, and again we were expecting we got nothing to lose. Why not try and beat Swansea and give something for us to at least shout a little bit about? And that was a p- poor performance again. Um, didn't expect to win, and it's frustrating even more so because Swansea wasn't great either. And it seems similar with every game that we play at the minute. Um, yeah, um, let's go to the next one. Oliver Friston. I've heard a lot recently about big clubs. Quote, does Sheffield Wednesday deserve a place in the Premier League based on their history, catchment area, average attendance, etc.? And do Ipswich also fall into this category? Tread, <laughs> tread carefully. <laughs> well, the easy answer is just to say yes. But I try and be realistic as a fan. And look at both sides of, you know, the, the table. And I'm I was born in 1986, so I look at teams like Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, QPR, Coventry, Leeds United, Nottingham Forest, Villa. In my head, they're all Premier League clubs. Um, however, the, I'm a firm believer in you look at the league table and the league table doesn't lie. So everyone is deserves to be where they are, whether that's, you know, with Sheffield Wednesday, we are where we are because when we were relegated in 2000, we had, we made bad business. You know, we brought in the wrong players, wrong managers um, and everything fell apart. We went down to League One. We've managed to, you know, claw our way back up and find some stability and like I say, the league table doesn't lie. We Wednesday are where they deserve to be, and don't hold it against me. But I'd say the same about Ipswich as I would every other club. You know, we every club wants a billionaire owner to come in and and buy the club out. And and this day and age, I think it seems like that's the only way out. Um, but yes, in my head, Ipswich Town again. I've like big history, big club. I in my head. Being born in '86, when I was a young lad, I've always seen Ipswich Town as a Premier League club as well. But you know, it's difficult because your teams like your West Broms and your Stokes and your Burnleys, who are all in the Premier League now, where we've made bad decisions, they've made good ones. It seems, and and that's what's more, more annoying than anything. So, yeah. No, good, good answer. Um, Jose, ITFC. Sheffield Wednesday have been recently defeated at Bristol with a 4-0. What should we expect from the game? Do you think we will get the three points? Does the an away point is always a good point work for this game? I know I've touched on that a bit, but I think, you know, Ipswich, there's no reason why you can't come and get the three points. Even if you draw or lose trying, there's no reason why you can't come and score goals, especially with... Players like Garner and Wagon, who've got 10 goals each this season, and then you've got McGoldrick, who can score and grab assists. There's, there's just no reason whatsoever why you can't come and give it a go. Regarding the away point, if it f- <laughs> it's difficult in this league to sum up the away point, because if I was, let's talk about Swansea as I have done, if I was Swansea City playing against Manchester United and I went away and took a point from that game, I'd be over the moon. But in this league... I think Mick McCarthy's a bit naive to believe that a point away from home is always good because a point in the championship gets you nowhere. I'd rather 
how can I put this? Over the course of uh, 15 games, you're better off winning seven and losing eight than you are winning five, drawing five and losing five. You'd still be better off points tally-wise losing eight of those games than you would drawing. So for me, I understand when sometimes you play away from home, you come away thinking, yeah, a point away at a big club is good. But when you're playing a team like Sheffield Wednesday at the minute, who haven't won, they've only won one game in 10, or one game in the new year in the league, I think that a point would be um, okay, but there's no reason why you can't take all three. Uh, Phil Bohr, why are they so much worse this season than last? Have things improved since the new manager came in? Um, <laughs> it's difficult to answer. I mean, I I believe that we, I think I mentioned it earlier, that we became stale this season. You know, we've we had two decent seasons where, we, like I say, we've got in the playoffs and and sometimes, you know, you only have to look at like Derby County. They've always been around there. And, you know, once you've, I'm not saying we've reached the top, but sometimes when you're near the top, the only way is downwards. And now we're down there. I'm hoping that the only way is up. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, we, like I say, we became stale under Carvajal. He never had a plan B. The fans got sick of it. We've had injuries galore. And although that's not an excuse, you know, it's still 11 against 11 every game that you play. Our better players have been out and we have missed them. But we've got confidence issues and, you know, a team ethic issue at the minute where we're just collectively not playing as a team. Um, and what was, sorry, what was the final question to that? Have things improved since the new, the new manager came in? They did initially, yeah. I, like I said, we, we've got defensively we 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 improved and that's essentially because we started playing five five at the back um but at the moment like i say i don't want to judge the guy because he needs to have a transfer window and be given time i i always am, i'm a firm believer in when a manager goes to a club you shouldn't judge a manager until 18 months into the reign but this day and age they're usually sacked before then anyway <laughs> so that's I, I'm not going to judge him again, and probably until Chris, you know, Christmas coming. And I know it seems a long time away, but I think that'd be the right thing to do. Um, we got sent a link from Mullet to a, a very impassioned post on the Sheffield yeah. Wednesday forum. It says, "What does he think of this?" Just to kind of summarise, the post was all about look just run just try you know forget you know we're all getting caught yeah, up with yeah. tactics but you talked about the the team ethic is there anything in just the the, the they've forgotten the basics and win letters, win tackles and run yeah i mean that's the post I, I read through it and it you know it it might have come across a bit of a long-winded and stating the obvious <laughs> however it um it made a lot of sense to me because all that wednesday fans are wanting at the minute is when they walk out onto the field, you know, those 11 players, even if they lose, we want them to go out and give it their all. That's all we want, you know. And when you don't see that and when you see a player, you know, I'm not naming names, but when you see a player not giving it everything, like I say, you, you just want them to be at their best. You want them to give just every time they're on the ball and that full 90 minutes, attack the players that, they're up against work as a team and essentially what the um posted was uh, post was saying was just while you're out there just give it everything you've got and there's there's no reason and and that's as fans when I go to hills but that's that's all you want to see um i mean a recent game when we lost to aston villa we lost 4-2 and although yes we they took advantage of our defensive lapses and they scored four goals. The performance was actually there. It was one of the games this season where I actually walked away and we were defeated. But I came away saying, you know what? They play quite well. They actually created a lot of opportunities. We hit the post twice. And then on, on another day, we'd have won 4-2. And I'm not taking anything away from Aston Villa when I say that, but that post, what the guys put on there, what I've read through, yeah, it it, it means a lot because... 
he just wants to see that passion and resilience in the squad and the players. And as a fan, that's all I expect as well. Um, Jules, uh, how does he think Sheffield Wednesday will set up to count and mix three at the back? Well, you've said that there's quite a high likelihood you'll play three at the back anyway. And yeah. Mick, Mick loves it when the two teams are set up exactly the same. And <laughs> Mind then, the, yeah, and then he, like can make, game. Yeah, he can make the difference then. But yeah. do you think it will be three at the back again? I do, yeah. I think he'll play three centre-backs. Um, and like I said, it might end up being like a, je- a game of chess, this one then, because it's strange because sometimes you hear a team, you know what their formation's going to be and you change your formation to try and counteract theirs. However, I'm a believer in, well, you should play, we should play to our strengths. You shouldn't be looking to, you know... Um, <laughs> stop stop their strengths let's play to ours you know we're, we're at home we've got the home advantage let's go out and do what we do best which at the minute it's not a lot but you know we in in training our manager obviously sees what our strengths are and, and we should go out and, pe- and perform to those strengths so yeah it's like that's one one of the reasons why he's mentioned there playing three at the back i I believe we will do and you will do and and that's one of the reasons I've predicted a 1-1 draw is because I can see it being a tight game with few chances and um, I believe at this moment in time maybe both teams would quite happily take a point to be honest yeah and I was going to add when you talk about the away point thing the away point thing only works if you then have three at home to add with it you know yeah, two points per game. So it's it's all about the context, isn't it? it that's like, exactly like right. If you're winning your home games, then by all means draw your away games. Um, but at the minute, we're not winning our own games either. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, last one, uh, Matt Taylor. When Carvajal was in charge of Wednesday, did he come out with as many sound bites as he now does at Swansea? And did Wednesday fans want him out before he got sacked? Maybe a good case of careful what you wish for. Yeah, that's been said a lot. Um, you know, and and like you say, the sound bites. Yeah, I think it got a bit tedious as a Wednesday fan. Um, it it comes across quite funny now, and when it began in his reign at Hillsborough, it was funny then as well. Um, but it's not funny when you're not performing. No. Um, it's okay saying those things when things are good, but when the bad. I mean, we you all remember the twenty pound note episode, I'm sure. No, go where on. He's, do you not remember that? Where no. we, he was under a bit of scrutiny, and I can't remember who we'd got beat by, but he basically was questioned about his team and the way they were performing. And he got a twenty-pound note out, and he was he was basically saying, "This is the value of my team, and even if you scrunch it up and smack <laughs> it on the table, it's still worth the same value." Pure and partridge. Exactly, and the. Um, at that point, that's when a lot of fans were saying, you know, he, he's lost what it now. What are you and... talking about? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's and like I say, it's quite funny when you're winning and you're picking up points and you're performing and you're at the top of the league or top of, near the top of the league. But when you when it's not going your way, then it does become tedious and it will probably become tedious for Swansea fans as well. Uh, so I can't remember the other questions on there. Sorry. Oh, don't don't worry. We're, I think you I think you've covered it. Um, <laughs> There was three more. You said you like stats. I'll just read these to you. This is Chris Rand. Um, yeah. Apparently. So uh, according to sportsclubstats.com, uh, modelling the possible outcomes of every remaining match using 13 million possible endings, um, Ipswich to get to the playoffs, uh, a 1.5% chance, and Sheffield Wednesday, 1.7% chance. Um, relegation, Ipswich to end up in the bottom three, 0.00015%. Uh, mm Sheffield Wednesday, one in 52 chance of, of being relegated. Pretty good odds. Um, yeah. Possible playoffs. Um, unlikely. Oh, I can't even understand these stats. Um, mathematical relegation safety. Likelihood of staying up. Um, Ipswich have a 42% chance. Wednesday have a 37% chance. Um, Chris says, make of that what you will or ignore. But <laughs> it's not, not really a question there. But the stats say that both teams are going to end up yeah, I mean, to be honest, I know it mentioned there about, you know, the, the playoff chances of, of Wednesday getting in the playoffs or getting promoted. And it said, I think it was 1.7 million. To, uh, for me, it's, it's, it's one in 10 million at the minute. Um, 
And and you know regarding relegation, one if one in fifty two chance that probably puts it perfectly from from my view is that I said that you know there's a ninety nine percent chance I believe that we won't go down, but there's just that you know he said it essentially the same way one in fifty two chance we will go down that that is the worry. And the only good thing in our favour at the minute is that the teams below us aren't winning or picking up points either. So hopefully it it stays that way. Any other season, we'd have probably have been lower in the league um, because there's a lot of teams this season who've who've not even you know had had, had any good months. Um, so, so yeah. Great stuff. Um, I think we've just about done it, Louis. Um, thank you for doing all the questions. Um, where can our listeners find your work? And are you doing anything for the game on Tuesday? Yes. So, firstly, you can find me on Twitter. It's just my name, at Louis Shackshaft. Or you can visit my website, louisshackshaft.com. Um, all my work, I generally do a lot of blogging and articles, You know, as you know, Ben. And I'll probably do a, just a pre-match preview. Uh, of the game on Tuesday so you can check that out on my website yeah great stuff um obviously if you've got this far you've probably already subscribed but please subscribe to the blue monday podcast um on acast um apple podcast five star review comment nice things all that comments if you're watching on youtube thank you so much give us a thumbs up and a subscribe here um twitter at blue monday itfc where you can buy t-shirts support the podcast um and you can follow me at benjamin bloom dave is at david diamond three statman is at chomp x3 and richard is at ips rich um normal podcast will be resumed assuming there's no beast from the east or whatever ridiculous thing they call in the snow nowadays so statman and dave will be here on wednesday we'll have a Preview show on Friday for Sheffield United. I can't remember all the games now. And then Dave will be back with me on Sunday. And then hopefully we'll get the whole preview that we had planned the following Tuesday. Um, Louis, you can have the last word and then I'm going to hang the call up. Yeah, no problem. Um, obviously, we'll uh, chat once uh, the results finished on Tuesday. And I'm not going to wish you good luck because we need the points. Nobody <laughs> ever does. Louis, thank you so much. Um, everyone go and give him a follow on Twitter. And we'll see you on Tuesday. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.